The following message is presented by First Baptist Church in Manny, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.fbcmany.org. Now the message. How many of you have ever heard R.G. Lee preach? I actually have a 33 and a third album of the sermon that he preached, made so famous, Payday Someday. I haven't played it because I don't have any way to play that. And those of you that are young may not know what that is, but that preceded 45 RPMs and preceded other things long before there was internet and iPhones and all of that, we had ways to communicate, did we not? R.G. Lee in that sermon has some interesting things to say about women. <clears throat> this is not directed at any person. But I will read from that sermon what he has to say about women. R.G. Lee says, One of the mysteries of human history is the influence of women. Some of the fairest and most fragrant flowers that grow in God's garden are godly women. Where would our churches be without godly women? Or our homes, or our schools, or our world. Often, women must become the spiritual leaders, the providers, the encouragers, and even the lovers because of the weaknesses of men. But just as women influence for good, they can also influence for evil. Search the scriptures and human history and you will find that the spiritual life of a nation A city, a town, a school, or a home, or church never rises higher than the spiritual life of women. Women without God, these are his words. Women without God are like a rainbow without color, a well without water, a stove without heat, or a table without food. Jezebel, the wife of the Israel's king Ahab, was such a woman described as an ungodly woman. She was, in his words, the wicked witch who ruled Ahab and Israel from behind the scenes. She was a worshiper of Baal and taught Israel to worship, led them astray spiritually and morally. Her influence was certainly felt in their world, but also in the church that Jesus addressed called Thyatira. I think her influence is still prevalent in our world today. Who was this woman, Jezebel? What did Jesus have to say to the church that he addressed as the church of Thyatira? You may not know much about that city. I certainly do not either. I've studied and read. Thyatira, some say, was the smallest, least significant of all the seven churches that Jesus addressed in Revelation 2 and 3. It was known for several things. It was known for its 
blue-collar kind of town. They had a lot of what they call labor guilds that day, similar to what our unions are today. And if a person tried to get a job and was not a part of the guild or union, he had a lot of difficulty. But along with that was a lot of things that went along with being in that labor market. For instance, every one of those guilds or unions had their own God that they worshipped. And to be a part of that, you had to participate in the worship of those strange gods. They did it in a lot of different ways. They would go, I guess, on the weekends and have a drunken party. They would also uh, eat meat that was offered to that idol, which was a form of worship. And they participated in sexual immorality because there were temple prostitutes, both male and female, And to have a sexual encounter with one of those prostitutes was a religious experience. And apparently in the city of Thyatira, that was practiced even more than emperor worship, the worship of these false gods. They were also famous for dyeing woolen cloth that was produced there. You may well remember a lady named Lydia who was in the church at Philippi, when Paul and his party went there, she was one of those converted at that first prayer meeting on the riverside, Acts 16, if you want to know the reference. And Lydia was a very wealthy lady from Thyatira, and she offered her home and other benefits to Paul and his, uh, uh, to his party. I don't know a lot about Thyatira, but I know the influence of this person called Jezebel was devastating, and Jesus had many things to say about that church. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to read along with me. I'll read publicly, and you can read along about this church that is described in the superscription in my Bible as the corrupt church. If you agree with me that these churches not only were local seven churches, but they were also pictures of church history, this would represent what's called the dark ages of the church. The Word of God is so important. If He had something to say to that church and the others, I know that He has something to say to every church of the world. We need to hear what the Lord says to this church. I'm going to begin reading in verse 18 of Revelation chapter 2. You follow along in the scripture as I read what the word says. To the angel, you know from our previous studies, the word angel is messenger in Greek and most likely refers to the pastor of that church. So he says to the angel of the church at Thyatira, write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. As And as for your works, the last are far more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. 
And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts. And I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now to you I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who will not, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden, but hold fast what you have until I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, and they shall be and crushed to pieces like a potter's vessel, as I also have received from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Well, as we try to digest what Jesus wrote to that church, well, first of all, to look at the messenger, who is none other than Jesus himself. Look at verse 18. He calls to our attention two or three things about this revealed word who is none other than Jesus Christ himself. He's called the Son of God. Nowhere else in the book of Revelation is Jesus called the Son of God. He's always called the Son of Man. What's the significance of that? I believe that John sees in this vision and hears the word of God say, I'm the Son of God, that this is so important. You need to know, as John did, that his Son is co-equal, co-eternal with the Heavenly Father. There is no higher person or being than Jesus Christ, and he identifies himself as the Son of God. When John wrote the gospel, you may remember, he said, In beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was with God in the beginning, and everything that was created, he created. The word, word, logos, in the Greek text, is the word that is translated uh, the expression of God. Jesus is the full, final expression of God. And he comes to this church to say, I am who I am. I am none other than the Son of God, meaning that I have all and full authority to do whatever God's purpose is in the church, and I have the right to speak to each church because I see and know what's going on in every church. In fact, the second way that he describes himself is he has eyes afire. This supernatural ability that God has He continues to have. He can look directly into the very heart of every person. He knows what's going on. He sees clearly the attitudes and the actions of every person and of every church. He has the right because he is God, has the ability because he is God, and he can look directly into the very heart of every person here. Everything. Did you hear me? Everything is fully disclosed and is exposed to God. You cannot hide from Him. You cannot run from Him. He is God 
And Jesus comes to say, I can see into the very thoughts and the attitudes of your heart. I know everything about you. That ought not to frighten us. It ought to encourage us to know that He is always aware of what's going on in our lives. Not only does He have eyes of fire, He has feet of brass. That's an interesting thing because brass in the Old Testament and the New always refers to the judgment of God. Sometimes our translations translate that word bronze. Go back in the Old Testament when God was giving directions to build the tabernacle and then the temple. The altar where sin was paid for and judged was made of bronze, brass. Here He is the Son of God, able to see into the very hearts and intentions of every person and every church. says, I also have the right and the authority to judge because I have feet of iron. What he has to say, we need to pay attention to because he is God. One of the great dangers, I think, of our world is that we're living primarily in our society with people who say there is no absolute authority. What's right for me may not be right for you, but it's right for me so I can do it. Listen, the Word of God is the authority for life. Whether we understand it or accept it, Believe it or throw it away. It is still the Word of God. Just because some do not believe the Word of God does not make it any less powerful and and binding as it is. You've heard the old saying, I've mentioned it several times when I was growing up. The saying was, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, that sounds good, except if God said it, that settles it whether you believe it or not. And here are we are studying a church that, that had the Word of God. They did not always follow and believe and practice what the Word of God says. It is unmistakably the authority for my life and yours and the authority for the church of Jesus Christ. Believe it or not, it's the authority upon which we live. That was the introduction to who is speaking to us. What did he have to say to that church and perhaps to us? Well, look at the message. You begin that in verse 19, and he starts with compliments. And he has a lot of positive things to say to this church. He says, I categorize it in two ways. Your love and service are commendable. Look at the word again in verse 19. I know your works, your love, your service, your faith, and your patience. I love what he has to say there because he's complimenting that church. Your love and service. While it might have been difficult for them to practice and live as Christians in Thyatira, there were some in the church that were doing well. You remember the church at Ephesus? What was the criticism the Lord had for that church? You have left your first love. Well, while love may have been declining in Ephesus, it seems to be growing in Thyatira. I find that commendable. Service seems to indicate that they were some in that congregation that were busy about doing what God wanted them to do. There were some serious problems in the town, but they were still faithful and working diligently to minister. Then he talks about their faith and perseverance. 
They seem by faith to trust that God would supply their needs, that He would meet what He promised to do. And He used that word patience. This is my favorite Greek word, I think, uh, hypomone. You've heard it before, haven't you? The word means to literally stand up under a load. It means to be steadfast, secure, solid. And Jesus is saying, I see that in some of you. You're standing up under the load. You are steadfast. You're doing something that is right and good. And then I think the finest compliment is, what you're doing now is better than what you started doing. The end is better than the beginning. You were growing in those kinds of things. What a word of encouragement. But then, look at verse 20. Nevertheless, that word always frightens me. Nevertheless, I have something against you. That word ought to draw our closest attention because when he who is the Son of God with eyes that can penetrate and feet that are solid brass has something to say, we need to hear what he has to say. Look at what he says. You allow. Do you see that? You allow that woman... Jezebel, you tolerate her, you will permit her to teach in your church. Who is this Jezebel? Have any idea? Four suggestions are made in the commentaries. One is it was a preacher's wife. She's not Jezebel. Some of the manuscripts from this text say your wife and so they think it may have been the pastor's wife some say that it could have been Lydia that woman in Acts 16 who was converted when Paul went to Philippi very wealthy lady had come back to Thyatira and she had tremendous influence because of her wealth and her power and she became a deterrent to the work of God in the church. I do not think so. Uh, some say it was actually a woman named Jezebel. Can you imagine any woman naming their daughter Jezebel? Well, I don't think so. I think along with others that it was a woman with the spirit of Jezebel. Go back and read the story of Jezebel as she and Ahab were so... In conflict, she helped support the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asheroth that that Elijah confronted on the top of Mount Carmel. I love to go there because there's a big statue of Elijah. You remember, some of you that went to Israel before, that great big statue of, of Elijah the prophet there. Jezebel influenced Israel to... False worship. She brought her Baal worship with her. In fact, her father was a the leader of the town where she came from, and it was the center of Baal worship. And she brought it to Israel and destroyed the temple of God and the altars of God and erected altars to Baal. And part of that worship was sexual. 
immorality, having relationships with temple prostitutes was a part of their religious ceremony, and she did that today. Her influence was to compromise what the Word of God says and practice what the world has to offer. Do you see that influence in our world today? Can you understand that the spirit of Jezebel to lead people astray is still prevalent? Almost every Christian denomination is struggling right now with moral issues. Some have gone so far as to agree with a woman's right to abort the baby that she's carrying in her womb. Some believe that we ought to be open to homosexuality and the LGBTQ or ever how you say all of those letters, their agenda to infiltrate every area of our life. I'm here to say God's Word has something to say about all those moral issues. He says that we are not to kill and abort. In fact, God is the one who puts us together in our mother's womb, knows us before we're born. Read what he says to Jeremiah in chapter 1 verse 4. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I called you to be and appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Hear what David says in one thirty Psalms 139. Everything that is about me, you knew before I was born. You placed me in my mother's womb. You knitted me together is the word that he used. God knows who we are and everything about us even before we are born. God has a lot to say about homosexuality. In the scripture, it's always wrong. It's just as wrong as adultery and other kinds of sexual sins. And God's word has to become and be our authority regardless. When we sin, we need to know that God's word has a word for us. Just like it was to the church at Thyatira. And the word was in that command, repent. Repent. Repent's always a command when the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Oh, we use words that don't sound quite as, as difficult. We have an affair. Or we are attracted to the same sex. Or I have a right to my body. But when God calls us on the basis of what he's revealed in his word to repent. It's a deep move of the spirit of God in our hearts. that causes us not to make excuses. Not to say we're sorry. Not just to feel guilty. But to radically commit and recommit ourselves to the purposes of God. And then to follow up by being obedient to him. The problem that I see in most churches today is the problem of pride. We don't want to rededicate our lives because of what other people would say. May God help us to get over that and to do what He has to say. The command was simple. Repent. Consequences Verse 22 and following are both bad and good. 
if we do not repent, the consequences are, did you see this? I will cast her into a sick bed and all those who commit adultery with her in a sick bed. I wonder how that translates into our world. Could that be the sexually transmitted diseases that are rampant? Could that be AIDS? Could that be other kinds of things? Could it be the result of drug addiction that is not just passed on? Well, it is passed on to the children of unborn children whose parents are addicted to alcohol or drugs. I know multitude of people who came to birth after having been in the womb of a mother who had drugs and alcohol addictions. And their difficulty intellectually and emotionally can be directed back to the sin of the parents. Could that be what Jesus says to them? He says, I will kill their children I wonder what that means sometimes. Bad consequences. The tragedy is the effect of this kind of lifestyle upon generation after generation after generation. I am very concerned. I looked just this week and found that in 19, or excuse me, 2021, there were over 106,000 did you hear me? 106,000 deaths from drug overdose. With our borders as open as they are all along the Mexico border, drugs are pouring into our country and becoming a curse. We are about to see a tremendous influx and consequence of that kind of thing. It is very, very dangerous to me. And I think what Jesus has to say to the church at Thyatira could apply to all of these. And I thought verse 23 was an interesting thing. When I pronounce these judgments, all of the other churches will know about it. Isn't that interesting? Well, the consequences is that when God begins to do whatever He does, both good and difficult, it's not done in secret. All the churches will know. But there's some good consequences. He says, first of all, there are no other burdens that will be laid upon you if you repent and do what I ask you to do. You will rule over the nations. This is a quote from Psalms 2, where the scripture says that we'll rule. I don't understand all about that, do you? I know that we'll be with Christ. And he rules the world in eternity. And by being with him, we'll be there to reign and rule with him. Then he says, I'll give them the morning star. Revelation 22 verse 16 says that Jesus is the morning star. And I don't know much about astrology, do you? Is that the right word? The morning star, I've read this week, is that star that appears right before dawn when it's darkest. I love that analogy, if that's true. And it's the brightest star in the sky when it appears. 
And that says to me, when things are so dark and difficult, when Jesus comes, He's going to be the brightest star in the universe, and every eye will see Him. The morning star means that Jesus is coming again, and we can be assured of that. What does this passage of Scripture have to say? Not only to Thyatira, but to the churches of today. As more and more churches struggle and debate how to deal with the moral issues of our land, I think we can say, Jesus says, stand on the truth of the Word of God. It is our authority. It speaks to all of the issues that we face and churches are dealing with today. God's Word is the answer. Whether we like it or not, it is the truth that we must always hold to. The devil will make sin look attractive and inviting. But I'm here to tell you that the devil always pays in counterfeit coins. In that famous sermon of Dr. R.G. Lee, Payday Someday, he tells a story about what happened to him when he was pastor in New Orleans. He got a lot of mail back before emails. I know there's some in this room that don't know that there was a time before email, but there was. And he got a letter often signed, the king of the kangaroo court. He didn't know what that meant. But one night he was in his study and a nurse called from the charity hospital in New Orleans. And she said, Dr. Lee, there's a young man here that asked if he could, if you could come and see him. He said he didn't know you, never met you, but he knew about you. And he identifies himself as the chief of the kangaroo court. Well, Dr. Lee said, I'll come, and he did go, was ushered in by that nurse into the uh, a big ward, had lots of people in it, but in the middle of the ward was a bed. And the nurse said, sir, this is the chief of the kangaroo court. Listen to Dr. Lee's description. I found myself looking into two of the wildest Weirdest eyes I've ever seen. As kindly as I could, I spoke saying, Hello. How do you do? He answered in a voice that was as discourteous and furious as a snarl. More like the voice of a mad wolf than the voice of a rational man. Is there anything I can do for you? He asked. No, nothing. Not a thing. Nothing at all. Unless you throw my body to the buzzards when I'm dead, if the buzzards will even have it. Then the voice became a little less of a snarl. And he said, I sent for you, sir, because I want you to tell those young folks something for me. I sent for you because I know you go up and down the land and talk to many young people. And I want you to tell them, tell them every chance you get, that the devil pays in counterfeit money. 
I'm here to say, I know that to be true. He may make it look attractive, but it's counterfeit. The only truth and the way to live is the very way that God instructs us to in the Word. I don't know what your past is. I don't know what your present is or what your future may be. But I can plead with you to believe the Word of God to be the truth and to apply it to your life. Don't be swayed by the devil's temptation to follow him in disobedience to the Word of God. He always pays in counterfeit coins. The letter to the church at Thyatira can be a difficult letter. It has to deal with not being committed to the worship of the true and God. It has to deal with the influence and perhaps the seduction of sexual immorality. It affects all of us or can. If you're dealing with it today, maybe God brought you here just so you could be reminded that he offers and encourages repentance. And repentance is a personal thing between you and God. Maybe today is a good time for you to get that issue solved. And I'm here to remind us that God is a forgiving God. If you were in Sunday school today, you heard the beautiful description that Moses wrote about God. He is a faithful, loving, compassionate God, one who knows and enjoys forgiving his people of their sin. And that message is the message that Jesus has. Repent. The consequences are up to you, but invites you to a relationship with him. What will you do with Jesus? Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit would breathe on us new life, may have his way in each of us. Let's bow together and pray. In a moment, we're going to sing those words. Breathe on me, Holy Spirit. Bring life and joy and peace as I repent and come to you. Father, thank you for caring enough about the church that you would write these words that are so clear, so plain. The influence of this Jezebel is certainly prevalent in the world today, in America, among some of the most wonderful historical church denominations that are struggling now with issues or moral. I believe it's the Jezebel influence. Help us, me and us, to believe and to stand upon the truth of the Word of God because you have spoken. And I pray today for those in this room and others who may hear on on television or, or radio that that you are a God who offers repentance but warns us of the consequences, both good and not so good. 
May we not find the judgment of God, but the peace of God as we come to you. So I ask you even now, Holy Spirit, breathe on us. Breathe on us the message and the hope that is ours in Christ. We give you praise for what you're going to do as we worship you. The preceding message was presented by First Baptist Church in Manny, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about the church, including contact information, go to the website www.fbcmany.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.